you are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 122. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Jennifer Grazer Dornbush. She is a writer, speaker, and forensic specialist, creating a diverse range of stories that shed light onto the dark places of the human experience. She's the daughter of a coroner, so she grew up around death. She's also authored the top-selling nonfiction authoritative book, Forensic Speak, used not only by Hollywood showrunners and writers, but also crime investigators and law enforcement. Her latest novel, Hole in the Woods, is based on the true crime case of Shannon Siders and is available now. So we'll get to talk to uh, Jennifer about all that and a lot more, so stay tuned. A reminder, before we get to the interview, please visit thrillingreads.com forward slash rate to rate and review this podcast. Ratings and especially written reviews show that you like the podcast and it will help others find the podcast and give it a listen. It's the best way to help me get the word out, especially on sites like Apple Podcasts. But wherever you're listening to it, please take a moment to rate and review it. Go to thrillingreads.com forward slash rate to do just that. All right. Here is my interview with Jennifer Grazer Dornbush. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Alan with Meet the Thriller Author. And uh, on the podcast today, I'm, gonna, I'm interviewing Jennifer Grazer Dornbush. Uh, she's a writer, speaker, uh, forensic specialist. Uh, she creates a diverse range of stories that shed light on the dark places of the human experience, my favorite type of novels. Uh, Jennifer, <laughs> welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me. So you have uh, probably the coolest background <laughs> that, I, that I've seen with the uh, uh, you're a forensic specialist. Your dad was a medical examiner. So you like literally like for real grew up with dead bodies. How was all that like? And what did, you, <laughs> did you realize you, that was being unique when you were growing up? Yeah, no, I just thought everybody had, you know, dead bodies at their house. <laughs> how the world works. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it, you know, for a while, probably till I was seven or eight, you know, when you start to become a little more cognitively aware of what's going on. Um, but yeah, my, my dad was the medical examiner for three counties in Michigan and the office was in our home. So literally everything came home um, and people came to the office. So you'd have, you know, police detectives or morticians or family members from, from victims needing paperwork. And it was, um, it was just, you know, like any sort of medical examiner office, except it was in our house. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, of course, the autopsies he did at the hospital, there was a morgue that he actually, he had, he had to actually kind of struggle to get that set up. And the ladies auxiliary, because the hospital had a, a ladies auxiliary that would raise money for things that the hospital needed. And one year they raised money for coolers for the morgue to oh, like wow. <laughs> help my dad set up a morgue. Yeah. Crazy. So that's how it's really done in small <laughs> places. Um, so the ladies are like, you know, making baked goods to, to, uh, to, to buy uh, coolers for the dead bodies. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I know when I was a teenager, it was kind of, I felt it was like really weird and embarrassing, you know, <laughs> it was before CSI made it really cool. Uh, and did you were you interested in reading mysteries and thrillers when you were growing up, or did that come later, or have you always been interested in the genre? You know, yes, like I kind of read everything, so I it wasn't like I, I don't remember being drawn to one particular 
type of literature or anything, but I remember reading mysteries, not in like abundance, but um, I remember liking that. And it's funny, like I, I just, you know, kind of like my tagline, I just always gravitated towards stories that maybe, uh, how do you say, kind of got into the underbelly, underbelly of humanity whether that was mystery or whatever. And then, but there was hope. Like it didn't just leave you there. But like you got in there to see like the inner workings of, of kind of the darkness of humanity, but then you were lifted out. It's some, somehow. So I don't know. That's, that's always interested me sort of exploring why are we evil? Why do we suffer? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, because there is so much um, craziness in the world and suffering. And I think, anybody struggles with that at some point, you know, so that, that's kind of what I gravitated toward. Yeah. That's what I, um, I hadn't, I wasn't familiar yeah. with the Shannon Siders case. So uh, when I was doing preparing for the, for this interview and your yeah. book, uh, hole in the woods, and we'll get into that. It was it's based on that case. And, I, and so I Googled it and Holy man, that was, that's uh, terrifying. What happened to that poor, yeah. uh, that poor uh, girl. Um, yeah. how did you, how did that hit your radar? And when did you start thinking that maybe you could, write a novel based on that? Yeah. So I, um, so Shannon and I are, well, if she were alive, we would be the same age. So I didn't really know her, even though I grew up in a very small community. I, we just didn't run in the same circles. We didn't go to the same high schools, but, um, and what, but you know, people involved. And when she was killed, of course, my father was called in to do the autopsy and to examine. So I know he went out to the scene and, was involved in the case for many, many years and spent many years trying to figure out there were certain tool marks on her body that were left and it was very unusual. So I know he spent a long time trying to figure that out. So I don't know, I've just been, you know, with this case from the very beginning. And as a young girl, young woman, you know, she was 18, I was 18. And when something like that happens to a peer of yours in this small community, which you've grown up thinking is safe, um, it really shakes you and it shakes the community. So again, that's kind of one of these stories of like, how does darkness touch a community and what does the community do? And then 25 years later, this cold case team comes in and they're able to dig in and uncover things and start talking to people and actually get down to the bottom of what happened and eventually make an arrest and put this case through trial. And now two killers are in prison for the rest of their life. So it's got a, it's got a hopeful ending to it, which not all of them do. And so that's really when I always thought it would make an interesting story just because there were so many, it's not just about the brutal death of this girl. It's about how it touched the community and how it rippled through the community for years and how it, my sister says it kind of put a dark cloud over our community in certain ways. And it's more about that and the secrets that were kept and held and why, um, which that's what I find fascinating. So when the trial, so what I, what it was kind of like, okay, there's, but there's, I need like stories need resolution, right? Like we watch mystery stories. We, we, we read them because we get a resolution, we get justice. And this one didn't have justice for a long time. But then when, when they finally took it to trial, 
I was able to sit through the whole trial for three weeks. And then my writer brain started going and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like there's a resolution to this. There's a really hopeful, beautiful resolution to this. Now I have a story. <laughs> is that the challenge too, when you're writing a, a, a fictionalized a story based on real life events? Do you, was that, do you, did you find that challenging when you actually started prepping for it? Or did you just kind of like hit you yeah. and you, you're ready to, to go? No, no, it was challenging because there's so many puzzle pieces to this story and you can't put everything in, you know, so you do have to kind of cherry pick because, you know, when you're creating a story, you, it has to make sense logically. Real life doesn't make sense. <laughs> Real life is a mystery every day. Um, case in point, we're at election day. This is a big mystery day, but, um, and we'll probably never understand today. <laughs> years from now, we'll be unraveling it. Yes, but, the whole downtown is getting boarded up right now. So yes, it's, oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I know. Where where are you, Alan? In San Francisco. Oh god, yeah, in LA too. It's all getting boarded up. Oh, it's yeah. just crazy. Um, exactly. But 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 I had so you. But when you create a story, you get to have those logical points. So I I had to figure out what were the logical points of of her story, which again I totally fictionalized. But the the logical points of the actual case. But then you went. The actual story was um, resolved and and discovered and and delved into by five cold case detectives who worked on it for two years straight. Well, that's amazing great resources to have in, on a case. But when you're writing a story, you don't get to have five protagonists. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to figure, figure out too, like, okay, who is the protagonist? Who are we following through this case? So that was a, some, a bit of a challenge too, to figure out what does she know? Who is she? Um, why this, why is this case important to her? You know? And so the, your your book is a hole in the woods, and it's out now. So uh, listeners, go uh, go go pick it up. Go pick up copy up. Uh, what's so? What's that story about? Then I know it's based on Shannon's uh, a, a case, but can you tell us about the yeah, about sure. hole in the woods? Yeah, sure. Quickly, I'll just say it is told in multiple points of view, kind of like Rashomon. So it's it it. But the main point of view is our cold case detective Riley St. James, and she's yeah, you know. A early 30s, really snappy young woman who's been working and living in Detroit her whole life. And she gets assigned to this case, which is in northern Michigan. And so she's she um, is pulled out of sort of her big city beat cop kind of life into this small town, which she's she never lived in small town. So she's this real fish out of water and she has to uncover all of these um, secrets and figure out it's not so much a who done it it's not structured that way because you you figure out you you learn pretty much in the first couple of chapters who did it it's not a big surprise who did it it's more that they are a threat in the community and now she has to figure out well how am i going to actually prove that they did it without getting myself killed <laughs> in the process yeah i love those, those are, yeah those are the like, uh, crime thrillers those are my, my favorite genre to read so. yeah me too yeah, yeah. yeah. and so uh, i was fascinated to to find out too that you worked with this uh, cold case foundation uh when you were releasing your book and everything. can you tell me uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that and how that came about yeah so how it came about is i've been wanting for years to partner with a nonprofit organization who was working somehow in law enforcement or, or justice. And um, because I, I think it's great 
that we write these fictional characters and, and all that, but the real heroes are the people who are actually working in the field. And so I knew that eventually I wanted to find an organization that I could support um, financially or how, however, I, I knew for sure I wanted to, you know, support them financially as a, as a philanthropist, but I didn't know, I, I just want, I didn't know how else that would, that would spring about. So I actually found them very randomly and I started to research them. I'm like, wow, these, these people are exactly like have my heart for what they're doing. And it's, so what I'm doing for them now is um, basically Hole in the Woods, the, the novel, I'm giving a portion of the sales of that book, a donation to their organization in perpetuity, as long as the book is out there and making money. <laughs> so um, so a, a novel with a, with a cause. And then soon they are, as I started to partner with them, they have a real heart for, well, they help people who have been victimized by crime and the cases have gone cold. So you, as a, as a family member or as a law enforcement, you can go to them and say, this is my case. We haven't been able to solve it. Can I get some other eyes on it? And they have a huge team of professionals who will, um, if they take on your case, they can, they'll bring that case to the professionals and that those professionals will start to work on that case to, to offer another set of eyes or any resources that they can to help give it, um, to solve it, honestly. Um, so, and it's all free. It's their nonprofit and all of their services are free to law enforcement because there's such a lack of funding for, for supporting cold cases. And so that is really cool. I love that. The second thing that they are starting to develop, which I will be more a part of is they do a lot of victimization training, which is basically how training people of all walks of life, young, middle, old, any profession, how to not become a victim of a violent crime, what to look for, what, what to be aware of. Um, just there's, um, they, they have a very interesting way that they look at victimization. And so if we can start to look at ourselves that way and, and awareness of our, more awareness of our surroundings and they have a lot more to it that I'll go into here, but they, they, they're really, their goal is to start training communities in um, victim prevention. So I'm going to be helping them do that. Yes. That's like a, fa- a fantastic organization. And, you know, from, I, would, I like to watch the true crime shows and like yeah. to read the fiction books and, and yeah. you don't realize how many cases are unsolved. Actually, I was oh, kind many. of shocked when I was looked into that. It's a lot of unsolved lot. cases out there. A lot of unsolved cases, yeah. Um, so now, uh, so is, was Hole in the Woods? Is that uh, was that your first book, or you, you've published other books? Yes, uh-huh. I've published other books. Um, I published a nonfiction book called Forensic Speak, which is a guide uh-huh. for you know writers. It also makes a great coffee table book, just if you're like a CSI fan. <laughs> um, uh, it's basically the Forensic Science Academy in a book, and then I have. Um, Another series called The Corner. It's The Corner and Secret Remains. Those are the first two in, in, in the book. It's The Coroner's Daughter series. So those are more like traditional mystery novels. So I'm going to be expanding that series. So. Cool. Yeah, it was, I, saw, I was checking out your website, and I saw you do a lot of uh, speaking and training for writers. 
And I know yeah. I, I, there's a lot of uh, writers that listen to this podcast, so I should definitely have to go check your stuff out. You have some yeah. pretty cool courses out there and stuff. How do you get into that field and, uh, and do you enjoy it? I'm assuming <laughs> you enjoy it, but how, how'd that come about? <laughs> yeah, I love it. We'll see. Okay, be- before I actually started really taking my writing seriously, I was a teacher. And I taught, oh gosh, I taught middle school, I taught high school, I've taught college. I still teach college here and there. Um, I'll pick up a course here and there and teach. So yeah, I've always um, been a teacher. And I don't know, what, when, I, when I wrote this forensic speak book, then people just started kind of asking like, hey, can, can you teach us about how, how do we make our forensics more authentic in our, in our book? And and our, the way that we write. And so, I don't know, it just kind of was a natural progression, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great because, uh, especially nowadays with the readers is, you know, sometimes they know so much and they get so upset if you get things wrong. So it's good to have people like you and there's others out there who are, who help, help writers out to try to get a little bit more, uh, realistic in our, in our writing. Right. Right. Exactly. And then there's some things that like, because they've been like, we've seen them on TV so many times we think they're true yeah. and they're really not true. <laughs> and that, like, yeah. that actually doesn't happen, but you've been trained to think it does. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the, what they call it? The uh, CSI effect, even like in mm-hmm. court cases, there's, I guess like the jurors yeah. are like, Oh, whoa, why didn't you do this, this and that? Like this out of yeah. the TV show. you know? <laughs> Exactly. It's like, Oh, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> And uh, what was your, uh, what's your writing process like then when like, um, you know, when you get an idea and you start, do you, do you plot them out a lot or you just start to write them? What's your writing process like? Yeah, um, I am a strong plotter. And that's because when I started writing, I actually trained in screenwriting. So I started, I trained in screenwriting starting in 2002 and screenwriting is very structure heavy. Um, because it's, it's, I, I almost consider, it's like, almost like poetry. Like you have to be so structured, but within that form, there's so much, um, freedom as well. So I love being very structured. I like really need to know where I'm going. I spend a lot of time mapping things out. And then once I have it all mapped out, it's almost like I can just relax and like, Oh good. I know where I'm going. And then I just sit down and then I write. And of course things change and morph and, and move around. But I like to know where I'm going, <laughs> especially when you're writing mystery because, or thriller, because you, you have to have those logical points that get you, you know, well, this happened and therefore that clue happened and then that clue led to that and that. So um, I like, you're doing, doing both kind of writings at the same time. You're writing for screen, uh, mm-hmm. screenplays or, and then the books at the same time, or do you like yeah. tackle the different projects at a time or, um, you know, I always have about four, four or five projects spinning, and some are <laughs> screenplays, and some are novels, and yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I just watched a video on uh, on YouTube uh, behind behind the scenes or behind the curtains. It's uh, all about screenwriting, though. And tell they had the writing room guys of uh, of uh, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and like you said, it was I was I was just in awe how they everything is just like the whole thing is yeah. like on cards and oh yeah. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because especially when you're writing TV, you know, you're mapping out what ten or probably ten episodes, and so it's all like each board is an episode, and you have to really know where you're going because 
when what you're doing in episode two, it might affect episode eight and you can't go back and reshoot that. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> production doesn't, does uh, frowns upon that. So. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, have you ever, so you say you wrote the, 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 the true crime book. Do you, uh, do you enjoy writing about the nonfiction or have you ever thought about writing like true crime stories because of your background? I love true crime and I love, and actually, um, Spoiler or big announcement or whatever. I'm actually working on a project right now. That's uh-huh. true crime and it is nonfiction. It's a book that um, we're getting ready to pitch based on a very famous serial killer. Oh, That's nice. all I can say. Oh, cool. Serial yeah. killers. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of, the, of being fascinated with the serial killers of the world. So even <laughs> back, you know, <laughs> back in the old days when before the internet, I had to actually check books out of the library. And uh, I remember my, girlfriend at the time was very worried but she's my wife now so she <laughs> it didn't figure out too bad i guess <laughs> she, she stuck with you yeah, yeah she stuck with you and saw the, the books i was checking out from the library but it's just so fascinating uh, like you said it's just the how can a human do that to other humans yeah. it's just uh yeah just kind of mind-boggling it's mind-boggling and I think that's why we're fascinated because those of us who aren't psychopaths <laughs> are like, how does that mind work? <laughs> and so um, I, I always I like to ask my guests too um, on the writing tools. Do you like use uh, like Word or do you use a different software program to write a book than you do to the screenplays or what are your tools? Yeah. Okay. So I use a plain old fashioned notebook when oh. I'm just like first coming up with ideas and kind of plotting structure. But yeah, then I just use Word. Mm -hmm. And then um, for screenwriting, when I'm finally ready to go to script, I go to Final Draft. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple. And I'm not really a note card person. I tried and I don't know, it got too much. I was like, "Ah, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was kind of curious too, now has the uh, pandemic changed your, your writing process at all? I mean, imagine since it's changed everyone's lives so much this year. (laughs) Um, I would say 98% of it is the same. Mm -hmm. The 2% of it is I so miss going to coffee shops and writing. Oh, I miss it. I miss just going out or yeah, Mm -hmm. just going to a coffee shop. I'm that classic. Yeah, I want writer in a coffee shop. I love. There's certain. It just it's yeah can be very conducive to writing. So I've really missed that. But otherwise, my my routine is pretty much the same. I was always writing from home. So like I'm like welcome to my world, yeah. everyone. Yeah, that's like you said. Everybody, you know, like like my wife now has to work from home. You know, and I was like, yeah. well, this is what I've been doing. You know, it's like we've been self isolating yeah. for a long time. Exactly. I know my husband's working from home too, and he's like, this is kind of weird. Like I don't see people. I'm like, yeah. I know it's great. Yeah, isn't it nice? <laughs> yeah, so like everyone now has to become an introvert. Yeah, I feel bad for those super extrovert types. There, it's a it's a struggle. But uh, for yeah. introverts, it's kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious when this is all over. Like, if there was any way to possibly study, like how many extroverts got COVID versus how many introverts, like, if did they actually push the limit and go out more? And like yeah. us introverts were like, no, I'm good. It's cool. Yeah. Talk to you in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This year didn't, didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. 
um, so, um, so what's, uh, what are you working on next? Uh, is the hole in the woods, is it a standalone? I know you said you have like a lot of plates yeah. in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. I've always kind of pictured it as a standalone. Okay. Um, um, so more on the corner series, I'm going to keep working on the corners daughter series. And then this, this true crime, I'm working on a short story for an anthology, which is called murder and music, um, based off of one of the Eagles albums. So they picked like nine of us authors. So I'm doing one of those, uh, and they're all like mystery, you know, mystery authors. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff spinning and we'll just see where it goes, you know, just pitching and developing and see where it lands. <laughs> so uh, any advice for aspiring writers that are listening to this podcast? I always like to close it out with that uh, um, question. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they've heard this a million times, but honestly, like you really just have to do it. I mean, you just have to sit down and do it. If you want to write, I hear so many times people's like, Oh, I want to write this book or I have this idea for this book or this screenplay or whatever. And, um, it's the simplest advice, but probably the hardest advice is just then just sit down and do it. Carve out time in your day or your week, whatever that looks like for you and commit to it. And maybe just start with like a month commitment or a three month commitment, um, whatever's comfortable for you. But really that's the only way it happened. Um, I ran from my calling for a good 12 years. Like I knew I was supposed to be a writer. I, I knew I was supposed to be doing this and I just found ways to do other, you know, found excuses, not ways, but found excuses to do other things and other careers. And I pushed it aside for 12 years. And then when I sat down and was like, okay, I have to do like, you're going to die someday, Jennifer. So are you going to do this or not? <laughs> like, are you going to be at your deathbed saying, I wish I would have, or are you going to give it a shot? And I'm like, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And then at that moment, so well, how are you going to give it a shot? Okay, well, I have to rearrange my schedule a little. I have to do this to fit it in. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for a year. And that's how it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> A yeah, year that, became 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, yeah. I mean, it, it's simple advice, but people are always yeah. looking for that magic uh, pill and it's, you just have to sit down and do it. <laughs> there's no magic. It's yeah. hard. And there's many days I don't want to do it. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So. so what's the best place for uh, listeners to uh, find you? I'm assuming it's at, at your website. That's perfect. Yep. Jennifer yeah, that's uh, jenniferdornbush.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Uh, I, che- I checked out your website. I re- highly recommend that you have a lot of great information there for writers too. So if your writers are listening, listening, go check that out. Um, some Thank good stuff, and, and you can do classes and everything. So hopefully, once hopefully in twenty twenty one, that's that's getting back to normal a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, me too. I did some online this year. We'll see what happens next year. So. All right. Well, thank you, Jennifer. And uh, Hole in the Woods is out now. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes. Thank you, readers and writers. Thanks, Alan. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.